we are going to talk about all the latest and greatest MMA and UFC news for the past week, including Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Talks are heating up. Are these two actually going to get it on in the boxing ring? We will talk about that and give you the latest. Hoist Gracie wants a rematch with Matt Hughes from their UFC 60 fight that was a total annihilation by Matt Hughes. We're going to jump back and take a look at that via a FanCast Fight Pass flashback. We're also going to talk about Bellator 180, Vanderlei Silva, Chelsonen, Fedor Emelianenko, and Matt, Matt Mitrione, June 24th, Madison Square Garden. There's a bunch of new fights that have been announced. BJ Penn, Dennis Seaver, Johnny Hendricks, Tim Bosch. We got Nate Diaz blasting Dana White. We're going to talk about all of those things and much, much more on MMA FanCast. We are so happy to be with you here today. My name is Ryan Middleton, and I am the host of MMA FanCast, which is brought to you by Octagon247.com. With me today, I don't have the man, the legend, Jim Sahara Mooney. I don't have the ginger bread man a pterodactyl i don't have either one of those guys what i do have is someone who comes to play who steps up in the clutch who you, the guy that you want batting cleanup i have ladies and gentlemen johnny stats Hello. And yeah, batting cleanup. Oh, I hate it. Johnny Stats is here with me today to there's a lot of MMA stuff going on in this world in the in I mean, there's headlines not only in the UFC but also in Bellator. We're gonna go over all of those things here today. John, how you feeling? Feeling good, ready to go. Ready to go. John is, is an avid sports fan. It is on a rare occasion that you will not see John wearing a something sports, some team. I don't even think you, I mean, you wear Chicago Bulls stuff. You wear, I mean, I'll see you in 30 different teams outfits. What's up with that? Well, I was born in Chicago, so that, that counts for the Chicago love. But, yeah, I just, I mean, I just like sports, so I'll. I'll go where, wherever needed. Johnny Stats will bring his A-game. Just no stats. Well, well, your name's going to be Johnny Stats whether you like it or not. This is not a debatable topic. Your name on MMA FanCast is Johnny Stats. How many knockouts does this guy have? <laughs> so Johnny Stats is here with me. You know, we, we, we just came off of the UFC London card this past weekend. 
Um, we're going to talk somewhat, some about that later in the show. Um, we have all kind of UFC news and Bellator news we're going we're gonna to dive into today. Uh, but first, I really want to talk about uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. That's the that's the most ex- the thing I get most excited about. And you know, as we get cl- as we time passes, it is seeming more and more like this fight could actually happen. You want to say as we get closer to the fight? Yeah, we, we can't really say that just yet. It. Yeah, the the words coming out of from Dana White now seem to make it more likely that the fight will happen. They must be talking the UFC getting compensated at a somewhere in the ballpark of where they find it to be acceptable. If Dana White saying, "Yeah, I'm the," he's to the point now where he's saying, "I don't see how this fight doesn't happen." He said it on. Um, through TMZ in an interview with them. I think he said it in an actual late night TV interview. Do you know who, do you remember I, who that was I with? I can't remember. Was yeah. it Conan O'Brien? I can't remember who it was with, but it might have been Kimmel. I, I'm i thinking know. it was I, Conan O'Brien. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, he said that he doesn't see how this fight doesn't happen. There's just too much money involved, and Floyd wants it. Um, you know, what? So let's let's jump ahead and say this fight is booked. It goes through. It happens. John, how do you see that fight shaping up? I look back to McGregor's first fight with Diaz that he lost, and he lost patience in that fight. You know, and I I see that happening in a because you know what I mean. How many rounds is a boxing match going to be? They would probably be a 10-round yeah. fight, maybe. And I, I just, I mean, Mayweather's style isn't to brawl. It's to, you know, sit back, pick people apart, work them over, you know. And I just, I, I mean, you can't, you can't question Mayweather's boxing skills. And where McGregor can box, it's, you know, not it's not the same level. Right. I mean... I'm not a Mayweather fan by any stretch, and I I would not want to see him win. But I I just don't know that McGregor would have the patience to, you know, to fight. Or the skill. Right. I mean, in in a straight boxing match, obviously Floyd Mayweather has the advantage. He's fought 49 professional boxing matches and never lost a single one. And McGregor's fought zero boxing matches and has never won a single one. So, and I I will also say McGregor is at his peak and prime at 27 years old and Floyd Mayweather is not at his peak and prime at 40 years old. I can tell you that Floyd... On a boxing, if this was a test of boxing skill, I would agree with some of the boxing analysts like Max Keller. What's Max Keller? Kellerman, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, That shows how much I watch boxing anymore. Um, Max Kellerman, who says that 
he says that Conor McGregor has zero chance of beating Floyd Mayweather. I would agree with him if we were talking about who was the better technical boxer, who was who was more fluid, who moved better, who had better striking. But that's not what it would be. That's not what we're, we're judging. We're judge. I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination, that let's just. There's one way Conor McGregor wins. Just, he knocks him out. Right. Catches him. You know. He and, and that out. can happen in any fight. He's so, not. I mean, he's I, not going to outbox him. But I see he could legitimately. Just catch knock him. him out. Just catch him. With, you know, yeah. It, he could knock him out. To say that he couldn't knock him out, I think is crazy. He's a lot bigger. He's a lot bigger guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it would be interesting to see happen. Because, um, I, I mean, in any fight, you know, I mean, obviously McGregor has never, or I mean, Mayweather has never been, you know, he's never lost. So he's not been knocked out by anybody. But, I mean, there's always that chance, you yeah. know? And the, the fact that, you know, you, you have all these guys in MMA fighting each other, guys, you know, that McGregor's fought guys in 145, and those guys have all fought each other, and your, your Jose Aldo's never gotten knocked out. McGregor's able to knock him out in 15 seconds, first shot he lands. Right. You know, the... Aldo had fought many guys that had potential to knock him out, and only one was able to, right? And then you got, you know, guys like Eddie Alvarez, who have been in there with some beasts, and he's not a guy that's getting knocked out, and he goes against McGregor. McGregor knocks him down three times in the first round, and then finally knocks him out. I, I think it's foolish to sit, think that he doesn't have a chance because you have to stand in there for 30 minutes and not get hit really hard by this guy that's a tough feat that being said if there's a guy that's going to do it it's going to be Floyd Mayweather I don't see Mayweather knocking McGregor out and they almost all the boxing pundits are saying yeah he's going to knock him out yeah I don't know I I I mean I'm I don't know. I still, I still wonder if that fight can happen if they can manage to put it together. And the interesting... wait. So your question, you don't well, think? No, I mean, I, the talk seems to be that it's going to happen. But I'm, I'm just. Still... So what percent? What odds are you putting that the fight even happens? Are you fifty-fifty? I, mean, I, I just, I'm just skeptic. I mean, it does. No, I mean, I think it's going to happen. I just. I, I'd just be surprised if it happens. I you know I I still just don't. I I still wonder if it, you know. Although it seems like it's going to, I still just I don't yeah, know. Doubts. Yeah, I just I don't. I mean, look how long it took Mayweather and Pacquiao to finally fight. You know. Yeah, but Mayweather doesn't have Mayweather can't afford to do that again. Right. No, he's he can't not, wait three years yeah. to. He knows he's got to get it in now. That's not a possibility never. anymore. That was with that, but he wants the fight. It's clear. McGregor wants the fight. That's clear. Yeah. 
I mean, I think McGregor's pushing for a close to 50-50 payday, which I think he should get. No, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think he should get, you know. Why? Because he's not, you know, he's not the, he's not the big draw in it, you know. It's, okay, okay, let me, let me ask you this. In Mayweather's last fight, how many pay-per-view buys did he get? I'm not, I'm not sure. 300,000. Yeah. A McGregor fight hasn't gotten 300,000 since before he was, I mean, he hasn't had a pay-per-view that's been that low. Yeah. Yeah. So, who's the draw? Okay. No, I did, I mean, I had never, I had never paid attention to the numbers. Yeah. On either side, you know, of what the UFC is for pay-per-views or what boxing I mean, is. For everyone pay-per-views. pays attention to boxing numbers and, and their salaries and the top guys are, are are paid a lot of money. But who people aren't paid that anymore. Mayweather was the last of that breed. Yeah. Um, and the, people think about the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. But that was a five-year build-up. That was a, um, just a crazy phenomenon right. that is gone. Right. This is this is that equivalent of that phenomenon. This is the only chance of that happening in boxing again. Yeah. I don't see any other scenario where that ever happens ever again in boxing. And I think, and to be honest with you, I think this fight is bad for boxing. Because yeah, well, boxing there's nothing to be gained, correct, for a boxer to win. And look, I don't know if now's the time to bring it up, but did you catch at the end of the Manawal fight where he called? I I don't know. I don't even I don't remember the name he called out, but a boxer. He called out a boxer in the post ring interview. Oh, he called out David Hay, right? The British boxer. Okay. Yeah. And it's like in. I heard that, and I'm like, Dana White's got to just be cringing. Like, no, we, <laughs> I don't want to get in the cross-promotional. Well, you, you, know. you know, if he's in... Actually, calling out names is good. That's good for headlines on ESPN. That's good for publicity for the UFC. So, <clears throat> I don't think that that's all bad. Right, but it, I'm just saying, as far as, you know, where this Mayweather-McGregor fight is going to be tough to try to figure out the parameters of and stuff and I don't think he want I don't think Dana White and the UFC want to get in the business of you know cross promotional fights why not all the time oh I I mean James Tony came in and lost to uh uh Randy Couture and that was a money maker for the UFC it brought new eyeballs to the to you know well I don't think the UFC minds if Boxers, you know, come into UFC, but I don't know that they want to start, you know, having their guys, their be guys at going out. Because, and also, you know, what if they win? Then, you know, are they going to have to fight another boxing match? To you know, I well, yeah, I mean, that's always a possibility. But you know, I think the UFC can they hold the cards? Boxing is is yeah, it's. Dead. Yeah. It's a dying breed. You take a look at where boxing was in the 80s and early 90s and where it is today, and it is 
unheard of the decline in fans and interest. I mean, it's it's a dying sport. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, it, I don't know. It's, it's I do hope that fight that the McGregor Mayweather fight happens. I would love to see it. Um, but yeah, I th- I mean boxing. I think the only good that could come of it for boxing is if they finally get rid of all the different, you know, factions and stuff, and it causes them to finally drop all their different branches and realize they have to be one organization and they can't have all yeah, this different Yeah, there's too much politics stuff going on for them to do that. I just don't see that happening. There's too many contracts with yeah the different networks yeah and, and it's just a, it's and, just a big mess yeah. to be honest and that's why it was so important for when Dana White got in you know Dana White's a former boxer manager he was he was from that you know that sport and when he came over to the UFC and you know was managing fighters and saw the opportunity that you know, the UFC being up for sale presented to him and to anyone he could find that had millions of dollars. Um, you know, he he realized that that was a problem and he recognized how, how awful it was and how they would have to have a model that was far different from that. And that's what they did and they did a great job of it. Um, love him or hate him, which a lot of people aren't big fans of Dana White. Dana White has done more for M- MMA than any human being um, on this planet. So um, for the sport, you know, individuals have done great things for themselves and for their careers. And, you know, but for the sport as a whole, no one has done more than Dana White. So love him or hate him. He can be a pretty insensitive and harsh guy and, and not the nicest guy in the world at all times, but he uh, he also did, has done has done amazing things for this sport. Yeah, and it's also been said, I think, where he he didn't want the uh, what the paydays of you know how much the fighters were getting going out just to protect them as well. Yeah. So that you know, not everybody knew how much they were making and. They'd have less to answer from all their entourage and family and stuff, and having to dish out money to every hanger-on that was trying to get in their pockets. Yeah. Well, I think this will be a, a a nice um, a nice fight for Mayweather in the pre-fight. You know, he's the type of guy that he's been, always been the guy that's. Promoting the fight and building it, and yeah, I think this is one that I'm I'll really look forward to because both these guys can talk a good smack game. Yeah, well, these are. Did you was it over this week? It was over this weekend, right? Where McGregor was at a boxing match and was talking to one of the writers and was like, "I'm gonna own boxing." Yeah. I'm gonna, so he's. He's already started, and there isn't even a fight yet. Yeah, there's no fight scheduled, and he's already started the uh, smack talk and the promotion of, you know, this fight. And I just, uh, I mean, 
I think it'll be great promotion because both these guys can jaw, and uh, they have, both have good one-liners. I think that Conor McGregor it will most likely win the win that battle, but in the ring it could be a different story. We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, some fights that have just been announced. Um, UFC is returning to Oklahoma City. That'll be on June 25th. They've just announced two fights. And one is the return. Well, not the return. Um, but BJ Penn is not retiring. As much as as much as I thought it was ill-advised for him to come back, and especially after seeing that fight with Yara Rodriguez. Um, it was painful to watch this legend just not look like the great fighter he once was. And he'll be fighting against Dennis Seaver on that card. Um, additionally on that card, Tim Bosch, who, uh, who's coming off of a loss, will be fighting Johnny Hendricks, who had a big victory in his um, welterweight debut. No, his middleweight debut. I don't know. I can't think. One of those. 185. It, it was a weight. Yes. There was a weight involved. So. 185. Lightweight. Welterweight. Middleweight. Yeah. It's his middleweight debut. <laughs> Came off that big win in his middleweight debut. He'll be fighting Tim Bosch. Um, so those two fights. Hendricks looked great in his last fight. And for those of you that don't know. Johnny Stats here has a Hendrix beard. He's got the furry Hendrix beard. Not the not the closer shaven Hendrix beard, but the furry, manly, beastly beard. With the little hint of gray in the front. Oh, huh? It's more than just And by a hint. hint of gray, I mean like <laughs> a ton. A bunch. <laughs> yeah. It'll be gone soon. Wh why? Not the gray, the beard. Uh, you're shaving it <laughs> when off? It, when it warms up, it's got to go. So this annoying. is your winter beard? It's my this winter is, beard. This is not your penguin playoff beard? No, no. Because you do have, I was going to say earlier, he has his penguin shirt on. John is a big time Pittsburgh sports fan. Also a big fan of... Lots of other teams that aren't Pittsburgh teams, like the Cubs. No, hate the Cubs now. I hate the manager. Wait, you're all of a sudden not a Cubs fan? Because of, of Joe Madden. You just don't like anyone named Madden. Well, that too. But, <laughs> but no, that's just after Jung Ho Gong's injury. And his comments about it, and then him whining in the wild card game against, you know. Here, you're talking a yeah. language I so, don't even know. At I know. This point. Yeah. I, as a as a non, uh, I, I don't watch too much baseball anymore these days. The league that's set up for f four different teams. four different teams yeah. to be able to win. Right. Um. So, Penn Seaver thoughts anything. The whole Legends division thing. No, it's it's tough. 
for you know older fighters. I, you know, I, they're in a tough position. BJ Penn's going to make more money in this fight than he did most of his right. UFC career. Yeah, he, and, and he's not not like they're. He's getting paid off of the name recognition. How many he holds yeah. all people? Yeah. No, I. I mean, I. I. I just hope yeah, it just worries me when some with some of these guys that that get into fights late in their career, wondering if they should be in there, and I mean, more susceptible to getting caught because they're a little, you know, I mean, you slower. you just need to, right. I mean, it's not like you need to be a lot slower for it to affect you. Yeah, if but you're these, just a little bit slower, you can get yourself hurt. <laughs> so. Is it true or not true that Johnny Stats is trying to look like Johnny Hendricks? No, not true. Just not true. Coincidental. Okay, because every time I see you, you look a little more Hendrixy. So I'm just wondering about that. Yeah. Um, also, some matches in Bellator were announced just recently. Bellator 180 will be a pay-per-view Bellator. I don't know that Bellator has had a pay-per-view before. Off the top of my head, I think they may have tried one or something. But this is scheduled to be a pay-per-view. It is June 24th. It is from Madison Square Garden in New York City, Manhattan. Surprisingly, the main event on the card, surprisingly for me at least, I don't know what what you viewers see as as what should be the main event. But Vanderlei Silva versus Chael Sonnen for the Legends title. Um, this is a very WWE-esque type of fight. And trust you, trust me that this lead-up the promotion of this will be very WWE-esque. <laughs> and it'll be very odd. They aren't the best of friends, you're trying to say? Well, it'll be... I don't know if their rivalry is real or not. But I do know that they'll both act ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And then the co-main event is a rescheduled match from the one that was scratched just a few short weeks ago. Matt Mitrione will be going against Fedor Emelianenko. Fedor is quite possibly the greatest heavyweight fighter in the history of MMA. And at one time, he was believed to be, pretty universally believed to be the greatest of all time. At any weight, um, I think there's a couple guys since he was considered that as late as 2009, like Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre, who have more widely been considered the greatest of all time since then, but still arguably one of one of the greatest of all time. And uh, that card, I mean, at least from a Intrigue standpoint, that card certainly has some intrigue. Yeah, I, I mean, 
chill son and it, he, he's he, got the mouth always, yeah he'll definitely talk a good game and he'll be I just he's hope got that a lot to prove you know I mean he's gonna want to prove that he can he's definitely gonna want to prove himself well after know? that loss to Tito which he was accused of throwing the fight um and he didn't look I mean he he looked good for a little while but he he didn't look good for very long and he didn't look in gr the best of shape so I just hope that he trains very hard for this fight and looks like he's in top shape because when he is he's he's a really tough guy to beat yeah regardless of who he who he's fighting he's a tough guy to beat um Fedor Mitrione we we kind of previewed this one before uh, you know Mitrione had the kidney stones last time which pulled him out of the fight and uh I think when we actually we shared that on a on a podcast just moments after that fight was canceled and we we didn't really know at the time um what the medical uh situation was for Mitrione we just knew that it was hours before the fight and it, hit, that it had to be called. Um, but now we know it was kidney stones. And trust me, as someone who has had kidney stones on multiple occasions, if Mitrione had kidney stones, which he clearly did, he's, um, you know, some angry fans have had called him out on that. And Mitrione has defended himself vigorously as well he should. Because he's not a guy that's ever ducked a fight. He's not a guy that's ever been backing out of fights or failed drug tests or, you know, late, you know, pulling out of a fight for due to injury. So he doesn't have that kind of reputation. He's not, he's just not that kind of guy. Um, I think he really wanted that fight, and that's why this fight's back together again. Fedor had been uh, previously rumored for a bunch of different guys to potentially fight, but that fight has been made and it's good to, it's good to go. Um, you know, what are your, do you, do you have, what are your thoughts on that fight? Do you think Emelianenko or Mitrio? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I just, I just think Fedor will be trying to punch some more kidney stones out of him. Well, you know, when Fedor, one of the things about Fedor is when he, for that first like two minutes, the first two minutes, he is one of the scariest human beings. And he, it used to be like that the whole way through the fight. Now, now he tends to Fedor. Uh, that is just bad. Come on. You, I expect wait, you better. You weren't, I thought you were setting me up for that one. You weren't. Here at MMA FanCast, I expect. Your A game. Your A game, Johnny Stats. I thought you wanted me. I thought you were setting me up. For if that. I wanted this level, I would bring Sahara here. <laughs> but do you see Sahara here? No. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I I I think the Bellator 180 card is very intriguing. Um, it's it has got they've been able to put together. Names on a card and and names that are interesting and I think it'll it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. There's almost no, 
you know, top 10 ranking significance to, on this card at all. It's just a fun, they put together some fun fights, some in interesting uh, fights, and I hope they put another couple more um, big names. It has been recently announced that Ryan Bader has made the switch over to Bellator, and so who knows, he could be on that card as well. Um, it would be nice to see him and Phil Davis battle it out again. As we know, back at uh, in 2015, those two fought, and Phil Davis lost a split decision. He is now the the light heavyweight champion in Bellator, and it would be nice to see that rematch take place on this card at uh, uh, Bellator 180. That would really, really cement that as a legit card that for, um, you know, typical MMA fan is becomes a must-see. There's just too many names that you want to see. That, that becomes a must-see, and that's a pay-per-view that I think you put that fight on there as well, and it's going to do very, very well. Maybe not Conor McGregor, you know, 1.3 million pay-per-views well. But I think that's a card that could get four or 500,000 pay-per-views, which is very good for a company like Bellator, who is not in the pay-per-view business. And so it would um, really cement and solidify their standing as a legit MMA um, promoter and... Someone who is starting to uh, put a little dent in the UFC's dominance in in the uh, in the industry. And I, my question about that is, th like the new, there's new regulations for fights, and it, you know, it's state by state as to whether they're getting picked up and stuff. Do they do they apply to both? I mean, they're MMA rules, right? It's not like UFC sets the rules for. No. So it, it would be. So so each state, right, has a governing body, which is basically the athletic commission of every state. Right. Now, each they kind of work together, so they have the unified rules of MMA, and almost all of the state athletic commissions adopt those same rules now when there's rule changes like we just saw the card in uh vegas where they didn't have some of the changes that were were that took that took place at the beginning of this year the beginning of 2017 they didn't have those adopted yet they hadn't yet implemented them into their state so that then you'll have like a little bit of differences but for the most part Regardless, the unified rules of MMA cover, right? Well, you know anything in the United States. So I just was, I just, I mean, I, I was pretty sure that was how it worked, but I just wanted to make sure, like, Bellator didn't have their own set of rules for fights, and UFC had, you know, I, yeah. Now, and and they can do some um, different things with like tournaments and stuff like that that. You know, used to not even happen. I don't know if they were they were outlawed, but you used to not see 
anyone doing tournaments where one person would fight multiple times in one night. Right. And since the UFC did it and and Zufa bought the company and they did away with all of those, I think they probably did away with those earlier than that. Um, but now you're starting... I've seen some, some organizations do that, so it must not be against the unified rules of MMA, but it's just seldom done. It's interesting when it happens, but you just end up with too many injuries and stuff like that. Another interesting... Um, note from this past week is there's a lot of talk of Hoist Gracie and Matt Hughes having a rematch. These two last fought 11 years ago at UFC 60. This was back when Matt Hughes was in his prime and Hoist Gracie hadn't fought in the UFC since... Um, 1995, so 11 years earlier when he was um, fought, to an undefe- uh, to, fought to a draw against Ken Shamrock, and f- that was his last UFC fight until 11 years later when he fought Matt Hughes. But prior to that, uh, he had been undefeated in the UFC at 11-0-1, and... And then fought 11 years later against Matt Hughes in his prime and absolutely got pummeled by Matt Hughes. Now they're talking about a rematch. Hughes is far past his prime, has been retired for quite a few years now. And Hoist Gracie is 50. And this just doesn't seem like a fight I really want to see. I... I, I wonder if there's a problem with getting an athletic commission to approve it at that point. Or if they'd have to go out on, you know. I mean, so, his he's won two fights in a row. He, he, beat, he beat Ken Shamrock at Bellator earlier this year. No, earlier last year, about a year ago. Um, February 19th, he beat Ken Shamrock. In Bellator, 149. And then he hadn't fought in 10 years before that. So, and in that fight, he tested positive for anabolic anabolic steroids. I think that's part of the problem with somebody up in age trying, you know, trying to fight. This is a Legends Division fight. But... I mean, we don't have. In what other sport are we going to have a net that NOFL soon? No, we, but we have do have Red golf Bar coming back, but that's golf. Yeah, and this is fighting. It's totally different. Correct. You know, otherwise I mean, it would be golf. But I mean, I don't. I don't know. I just can't. Why don't we just? What, would you be interested in watching... Wheelchair Jousts at the old folks' home. People too. don't watch Wheelchair Jousts now. As Maybe a matter of fact... Start it. As a matter of fact, that doesn't even exist. Because nobody has the brilliant idea that I had yet. No, I mean, it's... I don't know. It's, it's just a point where the Legends division just has to... 
His ass is soft. Well, who? How do you? How do you tell a guy? Okay, you're not allowed to fight anymore. They can fight. Just you don't have to be the promoter for it. Yeah. Well, that's a good decision. You just don't have to be the promoter for it. No, I just I I I would I would not really have an interest in that fight, but I would probably still watch it. Just a, it's like a train c collision. I wouldn't want it to happen, but if I wouldn't be able to look away. Either. I mean, the problem is, at that point, they're so old, they get hit. And then two rounds later is when they finally fall down from that hit. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Let's talk some UFC. Let's get away from Bellator. Talk some UFC. Talk some Nate Diaz. Talk some Nick Diaz. Talk about the brothers. Nick Nate Diaz is like Dana White. You're full of crap. He doesn't say it as nicely as I'm saying it, but he basically said, "I'm so sick of hearing him say these things about me. They're just not true." Dana White has claimed that Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz are—they're are, just turning down fights left and right. They're saying just. It's just lies. They're lies. Dana White is lying. It's never a, it's never a dull moment with these two. No. And the, the problem is there's no way of knowing who is telling the truth anyway. So. Well, the best part is I think that this actually makes for more interesting. Like, this, there's a storyline with them always. Like... You think about WWE and like Vince McMahon's a heel and he's the owner and like he's fighting with different wrestlers and it makes it very interesting and it captivates people and people get interested because of it. And you look at Dana White and, and his relationship with some of the fighters like Tito Ortiz and those two literally had a, a boxing match scheduled. It was supposed to air and to to air their grievances. And that would have gotten great ratings. And you have Dana White and um, Nate Diaz who were just going back and forth, calling each other names. I think they embrace this and just keep rolling with it. I think it makes for such great and it grabs people and people want to watch because of it. Yeah, I mean, I, if if Dana White didn't want it going on, he'd he'd put an end to it. You know, he'd let the Diaz brothers know. Look, just be quiet about it. But it's you know, well, stirring the think, pot is no. I mean, it's it does. I think if it he promotes, tried to do that, they would be like, no, but <laughs> after that, you, yeah, right. But no, I mean, it's. Any kind of promotion is, you know, is good promotion, but... I think this isn't just good promotion. This is some of the best promotion there is. Getting into a fight with your boss? That's genius. <laughs> Who doesn't want to punch their boss in the face sometimes? 
I mean, present company excluded, of course. But. Correct. Well, present company excluded is exactly right. <laughs> but I just think that this is the type of... This is exactly what the UFC needs. It needs that drama that hooks you in, that hooks the fans in, that is headlines on, on ESPN that are showing up on people's news feeds on social media that is showing up on YouTube and people see these things and they start getting drawn in and and it becomes more mainstream because now Nate Diaz is being asked to be on, you know, the late night talk show circuit and so is Dana White. And I, I just think to not go that route is foolish. I think it's great. I think it's um, the Diaz brothers. That's why they're one of my some of my favorite fighters. They're 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 awesome. Anything else? Well, I mean, I can I can see where Nate Diaz would be frustrated by fights that Dana is giving him because he he beat McGregor in the first fight. The second fight, you know, the decision went to McGregor, but could have just as yeah, easily. Nate. I mean, I'm. Sure, Nate's every time he watches that fight again, he thinks he won it, and well, and, and it a lot of people close do. fight, right? So I mean, I, you know, where Diaz McGregor three doesn't make sense in a lot of ways for you know. I think it does, I, but I don't think it does right now. Right, but I mean, I think what, that's a fight a yeah. year or two down the road. But I mean. So that puts Nate in a position where if I can't have that fight, you know, give me the whatever fight I want. I could see why he's frustrated because he's, you know, whatever Dana White's throwing at him, he's just not happy with. Well, so historically the UFC has been um, a league where the best fight the best and you kind of fight for supremacy in the rankings and you work your way up in the rankings and... You take a step up, and the closer you are to the top, the more money you make. And, you know, when you're not, that's the historical general way it's kind of worked. We're now in an era where it's the super fights. It's the super fight era of the UFC. And that's, in large part, brought to you by Conor McGregor, who, with his brashness and his talking, he worked his way up 145 ladder, and... Probably worked his way up a lot faster than he would have had he not had that same had that brashness and that um, real real uh, character and he was just became a box office draw and a super hit and so when, once he got that 145 pound title and then he, his interest wasn't the 145 pound division anymore right he wanted to move on to bigger and better things and his first. So he first tries, and he gets a title shot at 155 against the then champion. Um, who was champion then? Can't think of his name. No, it's, I'm dropped. Yeah. Anyway, drops out of the fight, and that and that's when the Diaz fight comes up. Last minute, uh, you know, week, right. week replacement or two week replacement or something. 13 days he was out on a boat and gets the call and goes and fights and 13 days later shocks the world. 
And then he says, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, but a lot of people were. I wasn't necessarily surprised. I think I was shocked at how everything happened. But that was a legendary night of fights. I mean, that card was just too much. Did, were, were you watching that? Yeah. 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 Were you watching I, it with Dan? I can't remember. I, yeah. But. I was in Florida. Yeah, I can't remember. Actually, I don't know where I was. I was, yeah, I think I was in Florida. Yeah, I was I was in Florida. Yeah. Could, wait, what was that? I think it was 194. UFC 194. Which was McGregor losing. In, and I think it was Holly Holm. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I just wasn't sure if that was the same card. And yeah, that's what, where Holly yeah. Holm beat. Where she won or where she lost? Where she lost. To Tate. Correct. Okay. Yeah, it's... That card was... Uh, I mean, it was just like, whoa, and then whoa, you know? Yeah. It was... Uh, I'm going to pull it up just to make sure my memory isn't failing me um, on 194, UFC 194 as we pull it up. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean... Uh, 194 was McGregor beating Aldo, so maybe it was 196. UFC 196. Okay, yes, it was 196. Uh, Diaz beat McGregor. Misha Tate beat Holly Holm. Um, so yeah, it was. Amanda Nunez was actually on that card too, beating Shevchenko. Uh, Shevchenko. And so, Shevin Jenkins. Do you remember Shevin Jenkins? Jenkins. <laughs> and Trevor Evans. <laughs> and Trevor Evans. John and I go back a long time. Johnny Stats was a, uh, you know, has been a long time friend. We used to play, not together, we used to separately play Madden and we'd talk about our our teams. And you draft a, a guy and he would... You'd bring up this college player, and he, they would just become these super studs. And and he had a super stud named Shevin Jenkins, and I had a super stud named, named Trevor Evans. Was Shevin Jenkins was a quarterback, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Same with Trevor Evans. No, right? Trevor no, Evans is a wide receiver. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> were you the Steelers? I think so. Yeah. 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 I was probably the Steelers too. Yeah, so so it was UFC 196. Diaz beats McGregor. Tate beats Holm. Um, great historic night. Um, yeah, I'll always remember that place in Florida where we were. That was like an MMA moment. You remember exactly where you were. Just like we talked a little bit early about uh, Gracie versus Matt Hughes. I remember... The hotel I was at, I was out of town in Tennessee, in Nashville, and I remember because people that I that didn't even have an interest in MMA um, were interested that night at UFC 60. So that takes us to Derek Lewis and Mark Hunt is another fight that has recently been announced that's scheduled 
to take place um, in the New Zealand Fight Night card. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that is, but it will be on, I think it's June 11th in New Zealand and June 10th in the U.S. due to the time difference. That's, wow. That's going to be so weird. Why? Because since the fight's happening on the 11th, we'll be able to place our bets on the 10th and and know who won. <laughs> we could do that. I mean, that just seems like it makes all the sense in the world. Um, it is June 11th in New Zealand, June 10th in North America. Um, and so... That's a fight. I, you know, you got these two big guys that are kind of both are one-dimensional fighters. It's the battle of the new up-and-coming young one-dimensional fighter versus the old one-dimensional fighter who has kind of been knocked out a lot lately. Um, and who's basically, I think he's just going off of memory i think he's lost four of his last six fights he's not had much success as of late um and speaking of not having much success as of late we talked about bj penn earlier one thing i wanted to mention that i i didn't when we were talking about him bj penn hasn't won a fight since 2010 hasn't won a fight since in seven years so i listen just to close that BJ Penn discussion from 50 minutes ago. I would love for BJ Penn to get a win here and just retire. That would be the ideal situation. I, I Yes, give him a win in, in this decade unless you're considering the zero year, the tail end of the decade or the, the beginning mm. of the new decade. It should be, it's supposed to be the tail end of the right. previous decade. Um, but let's give BJ Penn a win for this decade and call it quits. Anyway, yeah, Derek Lewis, Mark Hunt, New Zealand. Mark Hunt. He's he's like the fan favorite guy, you know, the guy who just goes in there and and slugs it out. And but you know, he's 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 had a rough go of it. Yeah, he has. That's. That's the one thing with being a slugger is you can get slugged at times too, and he seems to be doing that pretty well lately. So yeah, I I really like Derek Lewis though. He's the so you know who he kind of reminds me of. I don't know if you're familiar with him, someone who primarily watches UFC, but if you remember Brett Rogers at all from Strike Force, he was a heavyweight. Um, he he came in undefeated. He was a guy that sold tires at Costco or something. And he could just hit like a ton of bricks. I think he's run into a lot of legal problems as of late. Um, but he reminds me of a better Brett Lewis. Um, so I would love to see more success for Brett Rogers. Sorry. I would love to see more success for Derek Lewis um, going forward. I'd, I'd like to see the young... One-dimensional fighter beat the old one-dimensional fighter. Um, so I'm, I'm 
liking that fight and 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 liking Derek Lewis in it. I think he should be a big favorite in it. We had the UFC London card. We're gonna wrap up the show before we get to the fight pass fan cast. No fan cast fight pass flashback. We are going to talk just a couple of the fights that happened on the UFC London card. We had Brad Pickett in his farewell fight in the UFC and in MMA. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to go out with a win. He was winning the fight, in my opinion, um, but he got KO head kicked in the uh, third round and uh, came out came out with the big L. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a good fight. I thought he yeah, it was close if he was winning, but I mean, he he was fighting well. And just got caught with one. And, I mean, the, the post-fight was, it was cool, too, to see him. Just the respect that Vera showed him as well. But, you know, to hear him get the love from his hometown crowd one last time as he's gone out. And just the respect that the, you know, that everybody has for him and stuff. And, I, I mean, it was sad to see you know, especially it's one thing if he was behind on the cards and lost a fight, getting knocked out. But you know, he thought he was ahead on the cards too, and just you know, get knocked out like that. But it was a good fight. A a, a guy that um, many people have seen a ton of talent in, myself included, Gunnar Nelson, um, was able to pick up a big victory. Winning by submission via guillotine choke in the second round against Alan Juban. That's a good fight. It was a good fight. Um, just yeah, Gunner was. I mean, it, he was so s- strong. You know, just seemed to be able to handle him. You know, he took him down. Was able, just seemed to be able to handle him so well. In the was it what the first round? Yeah, the first round. Yeah. And um, Gunner, see, here's the frustrating thing about Gunner Nelson is every time he has a fight like this, where you think, "Wow, okay, this is where he makes a run," and then he he somehow doesn't pull through. You think he has the skill set to make a run at a belt, and every time he gets some momentum, he seems to be Brought back down to earth. That's been the frustration of Gunnar Nelson. It looks like it's all there one fight. He might go on a little run. And then he's brought back down to earth in a surprising defeat. But he the, did he did bring Juvan down to earth pretty quick. He did. Yeah, that, that is certainly true. He the, And he caught him. And then he jumped on him and... How did what was the choke he had on him? Guillotine. He was so quick bouncing on oh, him. Oh yeah, that. yeah. That he was just amazing. He found that choke real fast. The main event of the night was Corey Anderson, the young former Ultimate Fighter winner, um, going up against an older, older fighter but younger to the to the sport. Um, Jimmy Manuel. Boy, I tell you what, Jimmy Manuel hits so hard. He hits, he hits like 
I hit. He is fast like lightning, and he has power to go along with it. Yes, just like you. Just like me. <laughs> so, a very impressive... I mean, he hit... It didn't look like it was the shot that would put someone's lights completely out at all. And it didn't help that we the camera angle that it got, it wasn't the best in the world. But it looked like it would be something that, you know, Jimmy or Corey Anderson would get up from. There was no getting up from it. He was out. Yeah. I mean, he was in was... La La Land. And he... And... Manawan knocked him down and didn't. I mean, you. He didn't even. He just turned away. It was a. Right it was away. a walk he just off. Turned yeah. away right away. He didn't even. Yeah. He didn't even step towards he, him. To he see never who. stuttered. Never like. Oh, maybe I should jump on him. It was just over for him. And when he first did that, my first reaction was, "What are you doing?" And then I realized, wow. "Oh, they're calling off the fight." <laughs> the, it, in, in, and rightfully so. Corey was Anderson was, was not over. getting up. And it came out of nowhere. Yeah. It just came out of nowhere. It was crazy. So that was that fight. Um, so we are to the point of our show where we kind of hit the pause button. What we want you to do as a listener is to pause the podcast. We are going to um, ask you to, once you pause the podcast, you're going to go to your computer or your Apple TV or your iPhone, or whatever you want to view the fight on. And we are going to ask you to go to WWO. If you have Fight Pass, go to Fight Pass and watch this fight immediately. However, if you do not have UFC Fight Pass, you can get a free one-week subscription by going to www.octagon247.com. Hit the banner next to the logo at the top of the screen, and it'll provide you with a one-week free trial of UFC Fight Pass. You just sign up. Go there now. We are going to pause the podcast. We are going to, just as we're asking you to do, watch this fight that I'm going to tell you about. We've already hinted at this fight a couple times during the podcast. The fight is UFC 60. Hoist Gracie versus Matt Hughes for the, I think it was for the belt. We're going to have to watch to see if the belt was on the line. I I believe it was for the welterweight belt. So pause your podcast right now, and we're going to go UFC 60, Gracie Hughes main event. Well, we are back. We were just able to watch UFC 60, the main event between Matt Hughes and Hoist Gracie. If you have not paused and you want to go watch that, now's your last chance. We're going to start talking about this fight in just a few moments. So pause the podcast now if you haven't done so. And we are going to start talking about it. So... To lead up to this fight, Matt Hughes was the welterweight champion. He had established himself as a very dominant champion. Um, and 
this was a time when when Hoist Gracie uh, was was um, very already legendary. He was a legendary. He had won UFC one, UFC two, and these were tournaments, by the way. He had won UFC two and UFC four, and had never lost a fight in the UFC octagon. He had gone over to um, overseas and fought in some other. MMA events, and it was I was kind of curious at the end there where it showed um, his. It said his MMA record was eleven and one after the fight, but I think he had some fights outside of the UFC um, that were considered MMA fights as well. But needless to say, um, the, that kind of sets up the fight. Um, the fight starts, and really. A little feeling out process at the very beginning. And then after that, it was all Matthews. I, after seeing that fight, I don't know why Gracie would want, want a rematch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, well, maybe because he feels that, well, he has said, and I don't know exactly what, he's never made excuses for it. He's never been one. But recently he has said, like, I wasn't in that fight. And I don't know if he means, like, just, the lead up to yeah, it or whatever. Didn't really have an interest in it. I don't know yeah. what it was, but he has said, I was not in that fight. Um, here's the thing. He knows that Matt Hughes is no longer in... This was Matt Hughes's peak yeah i mean matt hughes was as good as matt and this was the best matt hughes yeah. you could see it was 2006 and um that's when he got hughes and he knows he's no longer there and you know that's kind of where that's at gracie's like i want to fight you when you're in the condition i was in when we fought the first time yeah granted it doesn't help that gracie's now what it's 10 years later for him too and so the fight i was talking about um that that gracie had lost was was against sakuraba back at pride in 2000 the grand prix 2000 finals he lost a 90 minute um war due to corner stoppage um and so that was very clearly an mma loss on his career prior to losing to matt hughes so and he had a draw as well with ken shamrock that was a 36 minute draw back in ufc 90 five. minute 90 minutes yeah they went for 90 minutes. They actually had the rules modified so that they had unlimited rounds and the referee, they had no referee stoppages. The one fight of the year. Um, it was actually, that could be a fight past flashback. We could go back to that fight because that was a, a pretty, I mean, that's a long flashback though. That's a 90 minute fight. So maybe we, we fast forward through that flashback. But yeah, a 90-minute fight. But that's who Hoist Gracie is. Yeah. Hoist Gracie, he's meant to 
outlast people and although he has very few long fights even on his UFC career he's really um I don't know he was something special he really right. yeah changed the way people viewed fighting period but so so you they talked like they've talked about how he won UFC 1 2 and 4 yeah he didn't and they fight were tournaments yes so how would how would those were they one day tournaments yes or? they were all on the same night yeah um, he fought in UFC 3 and 1 but it was a it was one fight and it was a grueling fight it was against, that was the one i think they mentioned it on there it was against Kimo um, Leopold and he Leopoldo he is um a much bigger guy. I, I remember that fight. I didn't know it was in a, a UFC 3 and it was the only fight. He couldn't fight again after that. I think that might have been the... I, I, uh, it's hard to remember. So he had to win three fights to win UFC 1. He had to win four fights to win UFC 2. He fought one fight at UFC 3 that he won but couldn't continue. Um... And then he won three fights to win UFC 4. And then he fought Ken Shamrock in a super fight in UFC 5, and that was the draw. So then he went over to Pride, fought a couple Pride fights um, over over uh, a couple years. Well, he he didn't fight for five years from, 2000, or from 1995 to 2000. Then he went to Pride and fought a couple times. Fought three times from 2000 to 2003, and then he fought again in two, uh, New Year's Eve in Japan. So he fought three straight years on New Year's Eve in Japan in 2003, 2004, and 2005. And those were his only fights. And then he fought Matt Hughes. So it was a, um, a letdown of a fight. To say the least, there was it was all Matt Hughes. It was a changing of the guard. It was it did have the electricity that you know few few fights had at that time. You know if you if you take away Tito versus Chuck Liddell, I think that's the level of fight that this was. It had the electricity. It had the. Um, you know the stars were out for it, and and it was a it was a where were you at at this for this fight because it was a historical changing the guard fight. And I watched it with people that you know. Ask me afterwards. Uh, Johnny Stats knows these people that I was with um, watching in Nashville, Tennessee. So. That's going to wrap us up for episode 23 of MMA FanCast. We are so happy you joined us. Please, again, uh, show your support in us by ordering Fight Pass on octagon247.com. Um, we're so happy to have you with us. Please um, email us any questions you might have at info at octagon247.com. Also, you can send us a Twitter message, send us a direct message on Twitter, or we have on, a, on the Facebook page, you can feel free to message us there right on the wall. We, will, we love to hear from you guys, and um, 
we will uh, we, we look forward to being back. This was a late podcast. We 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 taped this on Wednesday night. Normally we tape on Saturday, Sunday nights, but due to certain scheduling conflicts, um, we had to postpone this week. We hope to be back to you this Sunday night, posted Monday morning. MMA Fancast brought to you by Octagon247.com. Thank you for joining us. Until next week, we're signing off, saying good night. God bless.